Hello, good morning, good afternoon and good evening as you join us on the Desti Cricket Show and it's really good to have you uh, joining us. Um, I know hundreds of you are downloading the show on the podcast and um, uh, thank you so much for your support. Last uh, Cricket Show had, uh, I think, our record uh, number of downloads, so it was fantastic to see that and it'd be really good to get you more involved in the show so either join i know it's always difficult sometimes to join the live stream but when you can send us a comment your questions to our uh experts and uh, we'll get them on uh, the stream but let's not uh, waste any more time let's review now that we've got a bit of a breather this one day after quite a few weeks of intense cricket and let's see how um um, our guests are, have uh, t- been t- recovering from this and enjoying this one day off. So let's uh, bring them in and f- welcome to Shashwat. Shashwat, hello, my friend. How are you? Oh, I think we can't hear yeah, you. Yeah, very Sh- good. How have you been? Yeah, very well. And like I said, you know, it's been intense for the past few weeks, especially for journalists like you um, watching Two games a day, most some days, and no breaks at the weekend. Um, have you made the most of this one day break? Had a lie in? Uh, actually, I've not uh, really had time to relax myself or move away from the IPL, so to speak. So I was uh, involved. I was actually writing a couple of articles in the morning. One I wrote uh, late yesterday night, and one I wrote in the morning today. So. Things have not eased up, but then again, uh, with the IPL, it doesn't really offer you an opportunity to take a rest yourself. So I can't even imagine how it must be for the player. Well, do you know what? Whenever I speak to journalists like yourself back home, you are the hardest working journalist in the world. It's 24-7. You don't even take a break. But somebody who is taking a break and, um, you know, um, some of the observant viewers or listeners will uh, see that Pasan is not with us. He's he's taking advantage of this one day break and um, he's uh, away for the week uh, for the today, possibly tomorrow. I'm not sure of his plans, but um, he's kindly allowed us to carry on with the show that has his name on it uh, with the caveat that uh, Sheshwat says good things about RCB because there will be no right of reply for him. So uh, Sheshwat, on that uh, condition, we'll carry on with the show. Um, But we are missing him and uh, I know he'll be back next week, but I'm sure he'll be watching the show to make sure that his name is not uh, taken out of context when it comes to RCB. Uh, Yes, so I feel RCB can go the distance. Well, uh, you know... We'll take it. We'll take your views on RCB, but as long as you sign up to that condition, we can carry on with that show. With this yes, show, yes, definitely. I I don't have harsh words to say about RCB apart from when I'm writing articles about them. So I think we'll be good on that. <laughs> All right, good. I won't get into trouble with Pasan then. So, um, in terms of your week this week, how's it been? Let's have a catch up. Uh, Full time cricket in uh, from a CSK perspective been a pretty wretched week <laughs> to be very honest uh, but how, how have you uh, how have you found uh, the uh, second phase you know there was a lot of um, uh, you know apprehension should it happen we know it happened and uh, would the momentum come back as it is because of the huge break um, generally how have you found the second phase I'll, I'll not uh, want to get into too many details but uh, uh, if I can say something like this, I'd rather say that uh, 
the second phase was perhaps not as engaging as the first phase because of the obvious reasons because we knew we were coming into this IPL with a huge break and a lot of a lot of people um, I'm not just talking about cricketers coaches I'm also talking about the fans a lot of them have the T20 World Cup at the back of their mind perhaps that is also one of the reasons this second phase has not taken off as it should have plus with so many changes in each team each team trying to find a new combination within seven games so it has reduced the spectacle a bit but then again you it has been a month full of cricket i wouldn't say that the quality of cricket has been at its highest especially considering how the ipl has happened previously and how it was happening in april and may and the quality of cricket that you we are getting at that point in time plus we had a lot of people coming in playing a lot of international cricket franchise league cricket so they you know just it somehow didn't uh, feel right if uh, that makes any kind of sense but that that is what i felt i i would rather have done without this uh, second phase to be very very honest and rather have waited and waited for the anticipation and the fever to build for the t20 world cup i just feel that the ipl has become a stop gap but because this is the ipl this shouldn't be a stop gap at per se i i was thinking slightly differently in the sense that uh, because of the uh, World Cup coming up. Well, it starts in a couple of weeks, and our first game against Pakistan is in on the twenty seventh or something like that. So huge game to look forward to. But I don't know if it's taken people's minds off the World Cup and whether that's a good thing because of that first game. I, I'm not sure it has taken people's minds off it. I think uh, the introduction of the IPL in between has perhaps. I I know quite a few people who have not been as interested for this second phase of the IPL as they would usually be for the IPL. Uh obviously the calendar and the scheduling in April and May you usually have uh, you it is very hot in India so you have uh, that time to actually catch up on games. This is a little uh, more uh, normal weather if you can call it that and you have a lot of festivities going around at this point in time so people have not really been into it that's the feeling that i've been getting and from a personal point of view i would rather have had this ip second phase of this, this ipl not taking place at all and uh, the t20 because for me for someone who has been working uh, for the ipl working other cricket stuff uh, it has been a bit of an overdose to be very very honest can you ever have too much cricket I think we are very close to that point considering what we have uh, after the T20 World Cup as well. Uh, it's well, all like, about making up for whatever lost time we had during the COVID pandemic and it is uh, just wanting to catch up on those financials I guess and uh, what not. Yeah, and we talked about it in the last show where there's an incredibly tough calendar coming up as far as the international boys are concerned uh, cricket every single month till Surprisingly, I think we said last time uh, June uh, when the South Africans come to India and uh, will be playing in uh, the monsoon season. I would have thought, but um, we've got plenty of time to talk about that. Uh, let's talk about what's happened in the uh, second phase, and um, you know the group phase obviously ended uh, yesterday. I don't know why they had the double header because those games really didn't matter in the end. I mean, when they made the decision, I didn't. I don't know if they thought they would, but I think it was decided a couple of games before that those wouldn't be crucial games. Um, but uh, in terms of, uh, I have to start with the 
reigning champions, you still have to call them. Uh, they've had a really poor second season with the talent they've got. And I did briefly allude to this last time because of the number of um, players that are, gonna, are in the World Cup squad at the moment. Did that have any impact on the way they were playing? Because, you know, they didn't want to go that, ex well, it's probably unfair to say it, but I'll say it, extra mile. Uh, whenever we talk about uh, players actually prioritizing a tournament that is, let's say, a month or uh, two ahead, we usually talk about them not going full tilt. And I think that is more restricted to the bowlers because the batters don't really have to put in as much effort, say, as a fast bowler would. From For that perspective, uh, from that perspective, if you see, Bumrah had a pretty decent second leg. So, you can't really aim that accusation at him that he was not bowling at full tilt. He was probably bowling a lot better than he did in the first leg. Uh, I am very disappointed in how Rahul Chahar bowled and then how he was handled towards the end. Uh, because Rahul Chahar, as things stand until we make any changes, is still our only leg spinner, is the only leg spinner in our T20 World Cup squad. And he couldn't get a game for the Mumbai Indians. Uh, he was pipped by Jayant Yadav based on some matchups that he had against Rajasthan and Delhi. And then in the final game, they opted for Piyush Chawla of all people. So, that doesn't really shed a lot of uh, good light on how Rahul Chahar is doing at the moment. I was actually quite uh, happy with how Mumbai handled Ishan Kishan. Because Ishan Kishan, at, at a point in time, it was... Everything was becoming about Ishan Kishan because when you were talking about Shreya Sayar not being in the team or Shikhar Dhawan not being in the team, all fingers pointed towards Ishan Kishan probably being the only batter who India could leave out if they wanted to make any changes. And from that angle, when he struggled in the first two or three games, everything just became about Ishan Kishan. Ishan Kishan has, has gotten into the team. Even you had people like Sunil Gavaskar saying that Ishan Kishan and Surya Kumar Yadav had taken their eye off the ball, had relaxed after getting into the Indian team. So, from that angle, I think Rohit Sharma was quite shrewd in actually taking him away from the firing line, just giving him a couple of games off and then introducing him in a situation where both he and the Mumbai Indians had nothing to lose. And that is when Ishan Kishan plays his best cricket. The moment Ishan, Ishan Kishan starts playing the anchor role or starts def defending, that is just not his style of game. Which is something that's which is something that I would say about Rishabh Pant as well. These people are so these people are fearless cricketers. They are free flowing cricketers. The more you try to put calculations into their head or you ask them to perform a role that is different from them, they aren't the same cricketers. And the reason why the entire Indian population gets so excited when watching Ishan Kishan bat or Rishabh Pant bat is because of the unpredictability they bring to the table because if, if they themselves know what they are going to do, there is no way that the ballers can anticipate what they are about to do. So, I think we should try and preserve the, these characteristics of at least these two batters moving forward as well. But that just goes back to my point. Uh, was the T20 World Cup in the minds of Ishan and Surya Kumar? Uh, I've had a because, conversation uh, with because I've had a conversation with one of those, so I am not at liberty to say who. But uh, it was just a bad patch that they were going through. And uh, when you are, have become international cricketers, when international teams have seen how you perform, have seen your strength. So this is my theory that as long as you are performing in the IPL, there isn't as much scrutiny. People don't plan as much for you. Once you start playing international cricket as Ishan Kishan and Surya Kumar Yadav have done over the past year, then suddenly you became you become the uh, 
batter that the opposition is trying to target and when that is coupled with how Rohit Sharma and Quinton Dickock also fared, I think this was just a case of them having a poor run of form. I don't really think that their mindset changed or anything because had their mindset changed, they wouldn't have come up with the performances that they did in the past couple of years. But that also goes back to what you said about the Indian public loving the way that Ishan plays here and Surya and Pant. But the flip side is, um, in a crucial game, and let's face it, for some people, the IPL, all of the games, if you're a Mumbai supporter, are crucial and you play a rash shot or you don't play a normal game, they get a lot of criticism as well on the back of that. Yeah, that, that is something that uh, India has not been very good with over the years as well. Uh, one... Uh, so, I did not watch a lot of cricket in the 90s. Plus, in the 90s, I don't really think we had anyone capable of such moments of brilliance. The first uh, memory I have of anyone being so fearless was obviously Virendra Sehwag. Then again, towards the end of his career or towards the lean patch which happened just before the T20 World Cup in 2007, there were a lot of murmurs about how Virendra Sehwag needs to be more cautious, needs to play a defensive game, etc. etc. Sehwag never changed. And why should he? Because when he is on song, there is simply no other batter who can match what he can do. So, you don't really want to take uh, the USP of a cricketer away from him. But then again, at that time, social media was not a big thing. Yeah. Now, social media yeah. is a huge thing. You, you don't perform in one match, you have loads of memes on you. You perform in one match, you suddenly are raised to a pedestal that even you thought you would never get to. So, that is the boon boon and bane of social media uh, and i feel really feel that it is only because of social media that we delve so deeply into the performance of each individual and had social media been there at uh, been there at such a level when say people like shaivag came onto the fore was so attacking when dhoni came onto the fore and he was he simply didn't care about anything else and he just came out and swung i don't think these people would have lasted long in the team as well because you would have had so much scrutiny on one bad shot and because i think it is very important for people to realize that their good innings only come when these bad shots are executed properly so there is a very fine line between actually doing something bad and executing something badly a lot of lot of the shots that ishan kishan even tried this season they weren't I wouldn't put them down as agricultural shots or ugly shots. They were shots that he hit, hits. It's just that he didn't quite get the execution right. It, it is a very, very fine line, yeah, a bit between an incredible shot and a really you know, bad shot. And I'll take that. And we said that at the Australia series when Bunn played that innings and we said people have to forgive him because he's going to have bad days, consecutive bad days. And we have to remember what his capability is and forgive him for those. And if I can add to that, uh, I was just watching the India women's game before coming online for this show. And uh, I saw Shefali Varma play a relatively agricultural shot. Uh, and I know social media will be abuzz with the kind of shot she played today. But it is very important, especially for someone so young and someone so young into her international career that we give her that bit of space to actually work out how to play that shot better because Shefali Varma won't be Shefali Varma and won't be the match winner we crave until she plays these kinds of shots. So, I think that it is quite ironic for a country like India which is now feeding off T20 cricket that we still haven't gotten into that mentality where you actually can let people have bad days. So, yeah. that is the I suppose. 
Part of it is that we're not used to having these uh, incredible shot-playing players and we need to get used to it. Um, just on that, I think the Indian women finished on 118 or 19 in their 20 overs, so we'll see. Uh, really unlucky in the first E20 with the rain because they were going great. Um, but um, uh, we will talk a lot more about the uh, women's tour um, either today or in the next show. Uh, but just going back to the M Mumbai Indians, a star-studded team. You'd think all of these players, when it comes to the big games and crucial games, they'd be up for it. But they lost to KKR, RCB, CSK, back-to-back -back in you know, relatively big defeats. Um, was it simply down to the fact that their star players were out of form? As simple as that. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to ideally point fingers at people. But uh, I think uh, there were a lot of things that didn't quite go right for the Mumbai Indians this season. So, firstly, Rohit Sharma came back. Rohit Sharma wasn't at his best. He wasn't fit enough. He didn't play the CSK game as well. He had uh, injured himself in at the Oval when he was batting. And uh, I, that, I think, uh, hampered his rhythm, the rhythm that he had generated in England when he was batting so well. Rohit found it really tough to get back into that groove. Quinton Decox, somehow the conditions were a little too sluggish for him. And if Mumbai and when Mumbai had those poor starts, everything fell on Ishan Kishan and Surya Kumar Yadav, people who were already out of form or relatively out of form, whatever you'd want to call it. So it suddenly became a situation where uh, Mumbai were ex expecting everything from Kyron Pollard. They were expecting him to dig them out of every possible hole. They had a couple of contributions from Saurabh Tiwari along the way, but Saurabh Tiwari unfortunately has not become the match winner that Mumbai crave. Has he put on and a bit he, of uh, muscle? Uh, yes, he's muscle is... Up a bit. The, <laughs> well, I want to be kind. I want to be kind. The, <laughs> yes, is the euphemism for that. <laughs> but uh, yes, so the, that is what uh, happened to them. I don't really think their bowling was as much of an issue. It was just about their batting. But if you also look at the law of averages and all those kinds of things, they were perhaps due a bad season yeah. because... Winning two back-to-back -back IPLs is no mean feat. So yeah, it's not something good, that good for the, good for the IPL that we have some new contenders uh, well, in the playoffs. Yeah, we'll uh, talk about we'll talk yes, about the perspective. I think it was more a case of things just not falling into place rather than this becoming a bad team overnight. Uh, and like you said, it was a back-to-back -back wins. Normally, they take a year out and then win the following year. So, um, yeah, they won it last year, I suppose. Uh, but uh, one team that's not used to uh, not being in the playoffs, certainly in the past four or five years, is SRH. Um, they had a really poor... Um, and uh, for people that don't know, Sesworth wrote a really brilliant article around the former captain as well. So, check that out on uh, Sportskeeda. Um, but... Um, were they overperforming for the past four or five years, or was this a year where everything and this year everything caught up with them? Was it as simple as that? Uh, I wouldn't say they were overperforming. I would say that one guy was overperforming, the guy that who was not deemed good enough to travel with the match day squad as well towards the end. And for those wondering, that the name of that guy is David, David Warner. Warner. Yeah. Because when you have David Warner scoring 600 runs every season without he fail at the top of the order. Considering his form, do you think that was fair? Because he was in the best of forms. I, I know he, uh, he's been there from the beginning with SRH and he's, because of the opening he's given, especially with Bairstow, we remember that partnership. Um, but out of form, you know, you could sort of understand the management. Uh, so, see, I have a 
varied view on this i have there there are a couple of other things to also look at it does isn't it isn't as clear cut as it seems on paper as or as people have made it out to be that warner is not scoring runs and hence he is not in the team there are a few other factors in play here as well uh before the season started srh brought in uh, tom moody as the director of cricket tom moody a couple of years ago had been uh, had not been given an extension as srh wanted to prefer trevor bayless as the head coach so when you suddenly have Bay, trevor bayless and tom moody working under each other working together you are bound to have a power struggle and i don't really know the details about it but it certainly seemed that pure cricketing logic was not applied in a lot of cases apart from that uh, i have so being a csk fan i think uh, this has been ingrained into my psyche that every good cricketer will have one bad season and it is the job of those around him to actually take up the mantle during that period so that that batter comes back into form and then becomes the kind of match winner that he is because you see we look at warner's stats since his move to srh in 2014 no other batter has scored more than 4000 runs in the ipl he has he is head and shoulders the leading run scorer in the ipl and that is when you also count his relatively meager returns this season he's played what eight games this season which is surely six less than what a lot of the others you say talk about virat kohli or you talk about the other leading run getters in the list you just can't uh, drop a yeah, drop an individual who single handedly carried your batting lineup for the past 5 or 6 years and then suddenly says that you are not suddenly say that you are not good enough to be in the team obviously david warner will be the first person to admit that he wasn't at his best this season but uh, i really feel david warner is more a symbol of how srh play rather than just being another cricketer in srh's team that uh, so for a while uh, david warner was srh srh was david warner until this season so i really i really really feel sad for him and as far as we were talking about the entire team srh's template has been very clear over the past few years they've relied on david warner to get them to a competitive total you've had people like manish pandey johnny best over vidman saha ken williamson chip in along the way but it has almost always been david warner he gets them up to 140 150 160 and then they have the bowling resources to defend it what happened this time out was they were a little caught up again that's what i was saying about the lack of clarity for a team like srs for them to continue to off to bowl in those conditions at chennai where the pitches got slower as the game progressed was something that i still can't understand because when you are a team that wants that is very good at defending as we saw in the rcb game just a few days ago that should have been the plan forward instead they backed themselves to chase down the totals and then it all came down to warner and bersto and bersto had a clear role at the top he didn't always bat past the power play and that sort of put pressure on warner and with warner not scoring runs obviously then they didn't have enough indian batting muscle to dig them out and in terms of um, I mean, there's a big auction coming up obviously with uh, potentially two more franchises coming in we'll talk about that in future shows um this relationship and you you know you you link just to give an example like you think of csk and you think of dhoni you think of rcb and you talk of virat and you say you think of srh and you think of um uh david warner and you would never think the 
first two would ever leave those clubs. And in fact, um, Donny went back after those two seasons where we know what happened. But any, any way back for David Warner, considering what he means to SRH and the relationship he has with the fans? David Warner wouldn't, uh, David Warner might want to go back because he has such a strong relationship with the fans, as he said. But I'm not sure the hierarchy is too willing to accommodate him back. Because something has, uh, something between the management and between the player has broken down. And he's a, he's has, a fiery character. He is a fiery character. But then again, for, despite being a fiery character, he has done pretty well to lead them. with this, not, When I'm saying lead them, not just as a captain, but as a batter to lead them. Out of in those six seasons, I think SRH made the playoffs what four times, five times, five and, times, yeah. And for don't forget uh, the title, yeah, and the title. So, when you're so see, if you just remove David Warner from that lineup, that batting unit suddenly looks very ordinary. They didn't have Johnny Bairstow till the 2019 season, before that, it was Shikhar Dhawan, David Warner, and then you had all these players your Manish Pandey's, Vijay Shankar's people who are criticized every day for the way they are batting. David Warner ensured that even these people's shortcomings were taken on board and they were putting up decent totals that their ballers could then defend. So, I really don't think SRH will ever be able to replace David Warner. And as good as Kane Williamson has done at the helm for SRH, Warner is a class above Williamson, at least as far as his contributions for SRH are concerned. And, um, you know, I picked up all this from, uh, like I said, just what's uh, article, brilliant article. You need to follow this guy uh, on Sportskeeda whenever he puts out anything. It's definitely worth reading. Uh, but I can't leave SRH without talking about a certain bowler that's just turned up from nowhere and become the fastest bowler, well, with two, three, four games to go. Where has he been for, I know he's only 21, and um, he's from Jammu and Kashmir, which is absolutely incredible. Fantastic to have such a potential player coming from him. But 150 miles per hour, 145 consistently. And when you look at the fastest bowls of IPL, his name comes up, I don't know how many times before we see the next Indian. Tell us a little bit about this young, incredible talent. And he's a lefty. Uh, yeah, so uh, I didn't uh, hear a lot about Umran Malik until uh, he began bowling in the nets for Sunrisers. Right, yeah, sorry, he's a right time, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, so when he began bowling for the Sunrisers this season in the nets, especially in the UAE, like that is when I started hearing murmurs about him uh, that this guy is really, really quick and uh, that he is a lot quicker than he seems, which is quite a lot considering he clocks 153 on the speed gun itself. So, the feedback that I have received is, even though the speed gun says 153, it feels a lot quicker on the bat. So, and this is on UAE pitches? Yeah, this is on these sluggish UAE pitches where you have people like Harshal Patel, Dwayne Bravo running up, running up from 30 meters and bowling slower deliveries, you have this guy who's running up from 30 meters and bowling as quick as he can and still troubling the batter. So, it's an incredible story. A lot of credit obviously has to go to Irfan Pathan and the way that he has nurtured uh, him right from his Jammu and Kashmir playing this because it is very easy to forget that he just had two competitive games under his belt before playing for SRH. And in one of those games, he had conceded 98 runs in 10 overs in a 50-over game. So, there was absolutely no precedent to fall back on. The only gut feeling that SRH would have had 
would have been the way he was rushing the batters in the net sessions and just wanting and actually it was a good thing that SRH were not in contention for the playoffs because had they been in contention for the playoffs i don't really think he would have gotten a chance to actually burst onto the scene like this and i quite like the look of him uh, mm. i know a lot of people on commentary a lot of experts have compared him to one ex pakistani fast bowler and i wouldn't want to name him but he was a very very good bowler <laughs> alongside a certain wasim akram but so, he turned up from nowhere <laughs> yes yeah, so no, for, for a minute i won't deny that even i felt that it was wakar running in because you just see see his run up you see his load up the braced front leg that he has and the whip that he gets through in his action there, there is something special about him we need to be careful we need to well, not rush him that was that was it was sorry to interrupt but that was going to be my question how do we not how does it not end up being a case of like varun varun aran that's so the thing with varun aran is he got stuck into an injury rut quite often and, but that's uh, the problem with fast bowlers they have to be looked after yes that, that 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 is why we need to be careful the thing with umran malik is his action seems a little more repeatable than uh, say someone like a varun aran varun aran was a little too square on to actually keep generating that kind of pace ball after ball he is a little more side on he has a good run up he runs in like an athlete i would really be yeah. interested to see how quick he is over 50 or 60 meters because he runs he has a proper uh, so see there are some things uh, that you can't really quantify in terms of talent but when you just see a bowler you know that there is something about him and even without the wakar unis comparisons uh, this guy for someone to for someone to just turn up from because J, let's face it jammu and kashmir cricket at this point in time india is not one of the hot spots you have states like delhi mumbai jammu and kashmir you have had just one cricketer in the past 10 15 years that to parvez rasul who played for india apart from that you don't really have any cricketers who've been in and around the national circuit so for a cricketer to come from that background yeah just be true that, to himself for really incredible that makes the story for me because of where he's from uh and um you know it makes that it makes it a little bit a lot more special not a little bit a lot more special but um what are the chances of him staying in jammu helping his state progress and find more of these players because we know there's talent all over the place they just need to be given a chance or does he need to move to a a bigger ranji trophy team and get that sort of network support at at this at this point in time i feel he is at uh, the right state in terms of where he is at with respect to his development irfan pathan has been a good mentor to a lot of these young guys you talk about abdul samad you talk about umran malik so irfan pathan has a good eye for talent and he has spotted him previously and uh, from what i have been hearing jammu and kashmir have another left arm fast bowler uh, I think his name is Mustafa Mustafa Yusuf or something of that sort. He has also been very impressive, and I've been hearing a lot of good things about him as well. You have talent in the valley. Make no mistake about mm-hmm. it. It's about uh, how many of those people come through the state ranks and actually play for the Jammu and Kashmir team. In Umran Malik, now they have an example to look yeah. up to, and uh, I really feel that uh, he can actually develop into because. 
see with fast bowling just like when we were talking about ishan kishan or rishabh pant there will be days when he will see he'll just fall off a cliff uh, no. those line and leg won't won't be accurate he'll bowl all over the place and because he has so much pace just a slight tickle of the bat will also go for runs but it is important we persist with them yeah. don't overwork them give the body the time that it requires to develop to actually keep bowling fast consistently and that is the most important thing no we need to move away from rushing him if we rush him then there will be too much stress on his body because uh, even though he has played three games on the spin for srh now that most that he had bowled in one game before this season was those 10 overs in the list a competition where he got belted for 98 runs so you never know how those 98 runs also came about it could have come about in a way where he got tired after the first three or four overs and the next six overs didn't go according to plan so he need to ease him into different formats of cricket he needs to keep playing keep playing as much as he can i am sure there will be a lot of teams lining up for his signature mm. at the next auction and i really really hope that he goes to a team where fast bowlers are looked at properly uh, as a personal preference i wouldn't really mind him at uh, my at csk <laughs> but then again with the join the queue might be playing might be playing on i feel it be much better so going to a franchise like delhi where he has yeah good oh, support structure or someone or some other team like mumbai i wouldn't want him to go to rcb because of uh, obvious reasons <laughs> uh, but no but i think yeah. delhi delhi is a good chat with avesh coming through yes. there and uh, there'll yeah, be that support network of um bolas uh, vezo but you know it, I hope it like you said he doesn't have burnout because he's overplayed because of the talent he has especially on the pitches back home but I'm drooling at the thought that him bowling at the Gabba and uh, in England with his pace you know where he'll get some support from the pitches and conditions and the T20 World Cup next year let's not put pressure on the young man he's got time yeah just just just, just uh, give him time give him as much time as he wants because if he fulfills even if he fulfills three quarters of the potential that he has i think we'll have a pretty serious bowler on our hands yeah and um one of the pluses is that we've got good bench strength in terms of fast bowling so hopefully there won't be uh, a b- huge burden when he is picked um and Plus another thing that i would like to say about him is that uh, i mentioned it in an article i wrote about him as well is that he comes on to the bat a lot quicker than a lot of other bowlers so the last time I had heard people get so excited about a bowler who always seemed quicker than he actually was was Jasprit Bumrah yeah. and we all know how that has worked out so not putting any pressure on him but just well, telling you that this is a special quality and something that we need to preserve yeah umran you've been mentioned with uh, Jasprit and uh, a certain bowler from our neighbors next door so no pressure my friend but uh, yeah i'm drooling at what he could become um but just look uh, looking at a couple of the other sides that didn't make it um rajasthan you know perennial uh, seventh eighth um do they need to turn away from this uh, uh um preference for english players that's not working out for them i think uh, it has become more of a mindset issue for rajasthan rather than the personnel at their disposal if you want to talk about this season you could say that they didn't have their first choice players but they had their first choice players back in 2020 and even in 2020 when they could have qualified by defeating kkr in their last game they lost what four wickets in the first four overs 
allowed KKR to score 190 before that. So I think it is more a mindset change that is required at RR, and I think that will have to start right from scratch. Is that included? I was going to say, does that start with Sanju? I'm not really sure how much of a positive or negative impact Sanju Samson has had as a captain this season because of so many variables that have been involved. He's had literally his entire foreign contingent brushed mm. from underneath his feet and then he's had to re recreate a new team with players who have vastly different qualities. So I think it is a little too early to judge Sanju Samson the captain, but uh, seeing how many runs he has scored as captain, I think it is probably a blessing for him. He's mm. probably become a little more responsible. But then again, the problem or the contention with Sanju Samson will always be remain how he performs when the team needs him to do so. Because we have seen we have seen this narrative for far too long now. We've seen it since Sanju Samson's debut. When nobody is expecting him to turn up, he turns up and suddenly makes people wonder why he's not playing consistently for India. And then when you actually want him to perform, let's say even if you want to take the example of the India series in Sri Lanka. With so many of our batters out, you wanted Sanju Samson to actually stand up, take responsibility because he was one of the more experienced batters along with Shikhar Dhawan. But he failed over there. Again, RR needed two crucial performances from him. You could term it three crucial performances as well, considering the Chennai Super Kings game as well. Apart from a 20, he didn't really get going. And uh, more than not getting going, it was the manner of his dismissal that sort of again led you back to believe that Sanju Samson is not this mature Sanju Samson that people are obviously might have improved a little bit but then again I still have quite a few reservations about how he can do when the team actually needs him because that is what do you think, the they, do, do you think um, the Royals need to change captains uh, I still want them to invest in Sanju Samson for one more year just to see if uh, this upward trajectory continues and if it eventually leads to him also upward for him but what, it's not upward for the team Rajasthan uh, so this is also one of my theories that uh, Sangakara is perhaps so Anil Kumble and Kumar Sangakara both are very very good students of the game mm. if you look at it that way both have excellent cricketing sense both were excellent players and when you talk to them you kind of understand the awareness that they have about the game but when it comes to the, their teams, I feel they experiment a little too much. I think shelving Livingston after three bad games yeah. was not the wisest idea considering what he had done just a couple of months ago. Yeah. Then you bring in Glenn Phillips who has never played in the IPL, throw him into the deep end, ask him to bowl as well, ask him to run all around the field. And Chris then Morris didn't live up to his uh, reputation either. And the money Chris they invested on him. Chris Morris is never a 16 million player, 16 crore player to start off with. At least that's what I have always said since the auction <laughs> happened. And I believe no cricketer is worth 16 crores, to be very honest. Unless, of, unless you have, let's say, someone like an MS Dhoni at his peak, a Virat Kohli at his peak, or a Shane Watson at his peak. Someone who can contribute in more than one way, I don't really think. 16 crore is a valuable investment for any kind of cricketer who contributes at most in one field, which is the case with Morris. So, 16 crores that hampered them and that didn't allow them to get a good Indian pacer as well. You see, you look back at the auction, you had bowlers like Umesh Yadav in the market as well. Umesh Yadav has not played a game for DC. Pardon? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Am I audible? 
No, it's gone complete, really, really soft. There we go. I think no, it was better just before you. Uh... Just a Bear with us. Is it better now? No. Hello? It, it's gone completely. We had it a few seconds ago. Hello? Hello? Yeah, we just had it and then it went. Uh, is, is, it, it, is, is it back on now? Yep, yeah, yeah, I think you're back. Are you back now? Yeah, yeah, that's it. I can hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the thing with Tar is because they invested so much money in Chris Morris, I really think they missed out on an opportunity to get another Indian batter and another Indian bowler in the mix. Uh, had they had one batter who would have controlled the innings a little more in the middle, let's say someone even like a Karun Nair for a while, you know. Just, just, just someone to hold things together, I think that would have held their power players because whatever overseas players they had this season, they were either boom or bust. And uh, considering that their overseas players were all of a similar ilk, I think they really needed and needed to hold things together. Ball-wise, they again looked a baller shot always. Mm. They didn't really have the spinners to make an impact. Pass bowling-wise also was Chetan Sakarya and Mukhafizurad Boulder, there was you. Knew, knew that the other team was going to be targeting whoever else was coming on to goal, and I think those were the two major areas that are and possibly two of the major reasons why they missed out as well. And I won't, I will be honest, I was a little disappointed by this, and I really expected them to make more of a switch, especially in the second leg, considering most of their players had come into the tournament in form. And if we move to the last team, Punjab. Uh, the only th do you think the only thing missing for them is the mental coach? I, there's something that is not uh, right over there because if you look at uh, the Punjab squad, there isn't any reason why they should always be missing out on the playoffs. And this trend has become a little alarming for them as well. Uh, they watch run chases, then they lose a lot of the game that they should ideally win, and they end up with a point seven. If I'm, if I'm not wrong, they went up with 12 points in the last four seasons. Yeah, they finished sixth uh, last three, well, including this year, seventh before, uh, fifth. <laughs> so, there or thereabouts, but it's those crucial yeah, they, they close games. The final finishing game yeah. to actually get them across the line. That's what I'm saying. It, is it a mental thing? It, the Rajasthan game. Yeah. They've been at Rajasthan game, suddenly things change. So, it's all about the margins for KKR. Sorry, Punjab. Sorry, Punjab. To an extent, you can say that they have been unlucky, but I'm not as accommodated. I'd say that Punjab have done their own grave at times. And for all the quality that they have, it is quite surprising that they still don't have good, solid middle order to back up Kevin Rahul and Mahakarajah. Because I've been saying this for the past couple of years, Rahul is probably the best T20 batter in India if you add the way he did against CSK. Oh, tough. Strokes as many strokes as Kiel Rahul does, as many 
it is really a pity that Rahul has to anchor the innings. I don't know if that is a call that he has taken himself or that has been imposed upon him by the team management or because of what those below him have been doing. Uh, but I really hope that he brings out that CSK avatar against uh, Pakistan and will take the field on the 24th of October because Rahul bad that way. Well, again, when you think about uh, the innings Ishan played yesterday, uh, Surya played yesterday, and we know what um, uh, Virat can bring to the show, uh, it, it's, it's, the potential is incredible. But just uh, on uh, Punjab, and um, you could probably educate me and some of our listeners, but in the big auction... Again, I'm assuming the rules will be the same that uh, each franchise will be able to retain players. And how crucial is it? Because of something I think it was mentioned in the other show that Rahul you know, is possibly looking to go back home. I know there's a, uh, our co-host is uh, drooling at that thought. Uh, but how crucial is it that KL stays up in job? And do you think it will happen? I don't really think that that's going to happen because from what I've been hearing, KL Rahul has informally kind of asked the franchise. I'm not sure if this is true or not. I just heard this and this is part of the rumor that KL Rahul has informally informed Punjab that he would not like to be retained, which is completely understandable considering how. The, the kind, kind of fortune that he had over the past couple of years with the franchise. And uh, I, I feel at this point in time, Kiero sees himself for leading a franchise that is still and around the top of the IPL because as long as even though we don't want to admit it, people do look at uh, how you lead your IPL team in actually deciding if you are good enough for being the India captain. And if he keeps leading up, there, there are a lot of Just thinking that. Uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking if he does go back home, uh, him opening with uh, Dev Dutt, and then you got Virat, and then you got Maxwell, and oh my goodness me, that's a lineup. So, so, so the thing is, if they want to actually buy Rahul, I don't think they'll be able to retain so many of these players anyway. Yeah, so, so, so yeah, Rahul, if you're not retained, he's going up for around 15 to 16 crores easily. Because yes, you have yeah. two new teams in the play as well, so Rahul is not going to come cheap. So if RCB want to retain their core, you talk about Devdath Patikala, you talk about Maxwell, Kohli, ABD, I don't think they'll have enough money left to actually buy Rahul. 
Well, I, I think I should put my uh, my team, uh, potential team, that uh, hopefully will be in Gujarat, uh, puts their name down as well. So we'll see where he ends up or if he stays. Something else to look forward to in the big auction. Um, moving forward to the uh, playoff rounds. And the question is, do you think momentum is important in T20 cricket? I have been led to believe so over the years. <laughs> but so, if that's the case, uh, are you worried for CSK? Considering how badly we played uh, these past three games, I wouldn't really be surprised if we go up and win the first qualifier. <laughs> so, momentum doesn't matter. Yeah, so momentum is a very fickle thing in cricket. It, uh, especially in T20 cricket, because momentum can shift in the space of an over also. Uh, if I want to draw parallels, I don't know how many of our viewers will know about this. But I remember uh, us playing a game against South Africa. It was the 2014 T20 World Cup. And Amit Mishra had absolutely bamboozled everybody that he had faced up until that point. He dismissed Fab Duplessis off a no ball. It was called a no ball. And then Amit Mishra's tournament, uh, had, he had a landslide basically. He never looked the same bowler and he ended the tournament with Amit Mishra on the sideline. So, momentum can change in the space of one ball, one no ball. You talk about yesterday's game, it can change by one misfield. The misfield that Akshar Patel had on the second last delivery. Had Akshar Patel restricted it to a single, RCB needs seven on one ball. Avesh Khan does not try the extravagant Yorker. He looks to just hit his mark somewhere outside of stump, wanting Maxwell to go for the six. They are fine margins. So. Yeah, but it is fine margins. But to lose three back to back. Yeah, it is the ideal situation. I have to give them that. So, in terms of the matchup, I mean, in the league phase, they won against each other once. So, there's no, you know, dominance there. But um, as a DC fan for this season, and like I said, we'll see what new franchise comes up next year. But uh, this DC team. As we've said it before, they've got all the bases covered in terms of the batting. We, we've talked about their bowling strength in terms of fat, pace and spin. Um, what do CSK need to do to win this? Because in my opinion, they go slightly uh, as underdogs in this game. Uh, so, uh, see, when you're talking about, again, this is a very... So, two of the most overused words in cricket is momentum and intent. <laughs> Let me put that out there. And if you look at it purely on paper, purely on the kind of bases that DC have covered, I really don't think CSK can compete with them any day. Because you just look at the power that the entire DC lineup exudes both on both on the bowling and the batting front. I don't I don't feel CSK can compare, but then again, CSK has not always had the best team on paper over the years as well. They somehow found a way. They have a very good captain at the helm. Who needs to have a good game for CSK? Is it a sir? Ravi? Gaikwad and Jadeja need to have Gaikwad, Jadeja and Bravo need to have very good games for Chennai to upstage Delhi because if Gaikwad gets going, then Gaikwad will not let the Delhi spinners settle. That is one major uh, point considering that the rest of the CSK batters struggle against spin. If you have Jadeja bowling well, Jadeja will tie down the likes of Shreya Sayer, Prithvi Shaw. He got Rishabh Pant also recently and Considering that Jadeja is a left-arm spinner, Rishabh Pant will not sit back and defend. He'll go for his shots and that can end both ways. It can 
either culminate in a 20 run over or it can end up with Pant giving away his wicket. Plus with Bravo, so the only lightish aspect that Delhi have about their batting is at the death. Hmm. Especially if Simran Hetmyer is also dismissed and you have one of Shreya Sayar or Shikhar Dhawan coming batting in from the top, they aren't really as destructive as say someone like uh, Pollard or Russell or if you want to look at other teams, uh, even if you look at RCB, you have Dividers and Maxwell. So, from that perspective, it is very important that Bravo also has a very good game. And if you want me to name a fourth player, I would probably put that down as Deepak Chahar because Deepak Chahar takes two in the power play and suddenly the game turns on its head. Deepak Chahar has been bowling very, very poorly over these past three or four matches. Hopefully, all the off-field uh, stuff has happened or good off-field stuff has happened for him now and uh, hopefully he can ride on that wave of confidence when he takes on Delhi tomorrow. And a big question and this could potentially be MS's last season. You can never say never with mm-hmm. MS. But do you think this season he's been the only equivalent I can think of, and it's the one that everybody thinks uh, when they think about a captain playing for the captain's role rather than his batting or bowling or wicket keeping, and that's uh, really from back in the day, well before you were born. Has he been that sort of a player that he's there because of who he is rather than his form? I have a slightly different opinion to this. Uh, obviously, I'm not. Uh... Saying that MS is uh, even 50% of the batter that he was at his peak, uh, he is well past his prime. But then again, the genius of MS is, is that he has created such a team where you can have a passenger like MS and still you can have the team winning. And as far as on-field tactics are concerned, I don't think any other captain in the IPL comes even close to the kind of field that he sets, the tactics that he deploys, and how he just outthinks the batter every time they are trying to take the game to. CSK. From that perspective, I still feel MS is indispensable to CSK at least this season. I don't really think CSK should invest a lot of money in retaining him for next season because obviously he's not going to get any better. Age is obviously a factor that is going to play a part and his batting, considering the low level that it is at the moment, will only dwindle further. But then again, you can't really imagine MS turning out for Mumbai Indians or RCB Cafio. <laughs> so if, if he is playing in the IPL, I think uh, CSK no, will do everything to get him back. And I'm pretty sure other franchises will also do everything to just get him on board so that CSK don't get him. So that kind of psychological mind game will also be there. So but I personally feel this is going to be MS's last season and I really hope we can sign up with the title. Well, yeah, and it'll, it'll start tomorrow in that big game. But I was just looking at the um, admin staff and support staff for CSK and I see that you don't have a mentor. They've kept that uh, <laughs> vacancy. So there's a natural progression. I don't I don't really feel uh, MS will actually want to be the mentor or coach of any side. Uh, well, he's going to be the mentor of our national team. No, the India thing has happened at great cost to the BCCI. That is what I can tell you. And uh, knowing MS, uh, once he hangs up his boots from the IPL as well, I don't think we'll find him in too many commentary boxes. No, nor no. I don't. No, nor do I think he will be part of too many dugouts. He'll but, but, have no, but seriously speaking, no, just on a serious point, you know, you said, and nobody will disagree with this in the sense that his captaincy and his field placings and you know how he guides the players. 
surely that's a coach in the making. If, because mentor, let's face it, is not the same. Uh, but don't you think? But that's not. That's uh, just a coach in the making, but uh, the question is whether MS wants it more. It's does, not. A, does he want more of cricket after what? 17, 18 years of high pressure of a high pressure environment. I think MS has had too much of it already. Mm. I think even this T20 World Cup has he's agreed to become the mentor on what a few people have. So he's basically honoring the request of a few people is what I heard. And MS has always been that kind of individual who never forgets his roots and who has always been willing to help out people who helped him out when he was struggling. So from that perspective, I think MS has agreed to this T20 World Cup as a one-time gift. I don't really think that he will be part of any dugouts or commentary boxes. Whether it no, be I don't see that. Yeah, but um, yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. You know, financially he doesn't need it, but incredible knowledge and uh, mind that he has. It'll be in, you know huge loss if it's not used in some capacity for Indian cricket moving forward. Uh, but it's not the case with our huge players. They never go into those sort of roles, do they? It's not something that seems to be attractive. Uh, whereas if you look at football, especially in European football, the top players always think, yeah, I can become a coach. They take their licenses and what have you. It's a pity we don't capitalise on the font of knowledge and talent we have with these in incredible greats. Uh, part of that, especially when you're talking from an Indian perspective, a lot of it boils down to how much they've actually suffered when playing for yeah. India. Yeah. I think MS has had too much of uh, social media backlash etc. over these past few years. And for someone who does not even care if a blue ticket is there with Twitter account, he has Hello? Yeah, it's faint. It's very faint. I can see your picture's clear. The sound. Just a minute. Is it more audible now? No, it's still faint. Just a minute. Let me connect my earphones again. I don't know why this is happening. Hello? Hello? Hi. Is it still very faint? No, it's very, very faint. It was perfect uh, a while ago. Uh, yeah, is it better now? Shall, Shall I join, join the call, call again? again? Sorry? Shall, Shall I join, join the call again? again? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think, think let, let's, let's try that once. Yeah, we're just um, having a few technical issues. Uh, Sheswood's just going to dial out and he'll join us back again. But a fantastic conversation around uh, MS and, um, you know, uh, what his future plans are. We'll, I suppose, find out in due course. Uh, but, you know, I can see him being... Uh, part of the CSK team um, as we move forward. Uh, let's see, Shoswat is back. Let's see if we can get him back on. Yeah, now uh, it's completely it gone, your sound. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, all the levels are fine. Um, it's at maximum. Can you hear me? I can, I can hear you. you. Can you hear Yeah. Uh, do you want to take the... Uh, the headphone safe it was working well before then oh is it better now yeah, it seems to be exactly it was fine and then it went yeah, yeah so, so I, I don't know why, why that has happened twice already, already today all right it has never happened before <laughs> no no it's never happened before and we 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 haven't even talked about uh K 
KKR and uh, RCV. Um, I'm just going to... I think we can quickly wrap it up about speaking about both of those because I'll leave us out somewhere. All right, okay. Um, well, uh, yes. I do apologize uh, what's happened here, but, uh, you know, we're going to have another show next week where we'll review what's happening uh, in these playoffs. And, uh, uh, just, just for uh, the viewers, I think KKR... Um, I'll go into the favourites with RCB. I know I did promise uh, Prasan that we wouldn't have too much uh, against RCB, but I can see RCB then having a huge game against K uh, CSK in the second uh, in the qualifier game. So I'm looking forward to that matchup, and then we'll see who meets DC in the final. Just give me a thumbs up if you agree. <laughs> no, he doesn't agree. All right, okay, we'll see. Well, you know. Apologies once again about the sound, but Shashwat, uh, if you can hear me, thank you so much for joining us again. You know, really appreciate the conversation we have, and I'm sure we'll catch up again next week. You stay safe, my friend, and thank you again. Take care. Bye -bye.